Hello, camp counselors, campers, and everybody who has ever had a movie magic first kiss. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. If this is your first time listening, stop now and start at Season 1, Episode 1. You'll want to listen to this season in sequential order. If you're returning, welcome back to Camp Harwood. August 4th. 2019. This morning, I woke up next to Jonas on the couch in Dave's basement. My head was pounding, my hair was all over the place, and I felt really bad when I looked over at his shirt and saw that it was covered in my makeup from last night. He must have fallen asleep and stayed the night with me after my emotional moment. I slowly rolled over and found my phone within arm's reach on the ground next to the couch. When I flipped it over to check the time, I was met with a black screen. Dead battery. I slowly shifted my feet to the floor, crept across the room, and found my backpack. I grabbed it and brought it to the bathroom with me, where I fished out my charger and plugged in my phone. A shower seemed like the right move, metaphorically and literally. I wanted to wash off last night's bullshit with all the tangible dirt and grime that comes with a summer party. The hot water felt good. I didn't expect to stay clean for long, since we planned on spending the rest of the day outside, but I wanted to feel less gross. When I got out of the bathroom, I immediately noticed that Jonas wasn't asleep on the couch anymore. So much for sneaking around. I got dressed, headed upstairs, and found him in the kitchen with Dave, talking quietly. Jonas greeted me with a warm smile, but Dave looked uneasy. Dave explained to me that he had woken up to a text message from Lucas saying that he and Becca were suspended from camp for a week because they came back drunk last night. The only reason Lucas and Becca weren't outright fired is that no campers saw or interacted with them, and the only staff member who saw them was Bert, who caught them hooking up in the lodge basement at 2 a.m. Dave, of course, felt guilty and responsible. After all, he was the one who told Lucas to leave last night. Jonas assured him that he wasn't to blame for his friend's poor judgment and decisions. Plus, a suspension is significantly less intense than being fired. So I guess I won't have to deal with their drama at all this week. Honestly, I'm relieved. The rest of the day at Dave's house was relaxed, a typical lake house summer Sunday. A lot of us were there, and we didn't all stick together, so there was a lot going on activity-wise. For a while, I played cornhole with Jonas. I'm not very good at it, but his flirty competitiveness made the game a lot of fun. Really, every moment with him is fun. We went wakeboarding with a group, and Jonas showed off. A lot. He's so talented. I didn't even pretend to not stare. We ordered pizzas for lunch and sat in the yard throwing goldfish and grapes into each other's mouths. 
I'm going to miss that carefree summer kind of stuff. We got back to camp a little early, so Jonas and I went for a walk before we were back on duty. It was nice to talk to him, to have some uninterrupted alone time with him. Our conversations are natural, and there are always periods of comfortable silence. I don't feel pressure to impress him or only be a certain version of Liz when I'm with him. I'm just me. Before we parted ways to go back to work, he hugged me close and kissed the top of my head. In that moment, I felt so loved. Going back to work meant hanging out with the kids and other staff back in Sycamore. While the kids worked on arts projects, us staff sat on the porch and caught up on what went down last night and the Lucas and Becca suspension drama. We assume there won't be any mean-spirited pranks pulled on Sycamore this week now that Becca is out of the picture. Callie went to meet up with Liam after the kids went to bed. She keeps assuring us that they're just friends, but they've been spending a lot of time together and we've all noticed. So there's that. I noticed in passing that the Birch staff seemed to be avoiding eye contact with me. They must know that I played a small part in the story that is Becca's suspension, which I'm sure she exaggerated. And that's the last I'm going to say about her today. I'm looking forward to a great week without her here. August 5th, 2019. It was nice to be back in the swing of things, back in the junior writer's room. Their activity for the week is to write a skit for the junior actors to perform next week. I know they're full of creative ideas and great jokes, so Liam and I are basically just here to provide some guidance. Camper John said that this skit should be camp-themed, but with crazy characters. Since the senior actors are performing Shrek the Musical, our junior writers decided it would be fun to write a script about fairy tale creatures set at Camp Harwood. We'll be working on this project all week, so we spent our program time this morning brainstorming, choosing characters, and outlining the story. Also, sidebar, with all the drama last week, I'm pretty sure I forgot to write down my goal for this session. I want to earn a master award. The kids here at Harwood have really inspired me to set and achieve goals, so it makes sense for me to set a goal the same way they do. I decided Canoe Master would be the most realistic for me to achieve since I've already completed a lot of the requirements by doing them alongside campers this summer. I worked at canoeing all afternoon and participated in solo races and team relays with some kids who are also trying to achieve Canoe Master this session. Evening program tonight was Gold Rush. For the last time this summer, and maybe ever, I wandered around camp armed with a bottle of gold spray paint. Dave joined me, and while we walked, I asked about Lucas and Becca. I know I am not supposed to worry about them. That isn't where I should be putting my energy, but I was genuinely interested. Dave told me that Lucas and Becca are staying at Becca's house for the week, 
So they're basically on a romantic retreat with no work. That doesn't really sound like a punishment to me. Since this was the first time I'd been alone with him since the Lucas incident, I thank Dave for sticking up for me on Saturday night. It was really cool that he stood up to his best friend. That must have felt weird for him. Dave candidly asked about Jonas. Am I going to make a move before the summer is over, or am I always going to regret not trying? I told him exactly how I feel. I want to, but something is telling me to hold back and just enjoy our friendship. Dave told me that Jonas and I aren't real friends, because we're clearly both into each other. Right before the game started, Dave traded roles with Jonas so that the German and I could work together at the bank. Some of my favorite memories, the ones that will live in my brain forever, have happened while playing Gold Rush. Tonight, sitting next to Jonas, was the second time this summer that I worked alongside a man that thrills me. This time, it was a man I feel 100% comfortable with. When I'm with him, everything feels right. I'm so torn. I want him, but I don't want my heart to be broken. August 6th, 2019. We spent the morning teaching the kids in junior writing how to make a story move forward. The skit is titled Quest for the Flag and features three groups, the Magics, the Royals, and the Fighters, playing Capture the Flag to win the title Swamp Master. Clearly, it is very influenced by Shrek and our activities here at Harwood. During rest hour, some of the Sycamore girls wanted to practice figure drawing, so I volunteered to sit for them. The drawings were more advanced than I expected 12-year-olds to create, and one of the girls let me keep her drawing. I hung it next to my bunk, and I think I'll frame it and hang it in my dorm when I get to school in a few weeks. I worked at swimming in the afternoon, back at the buddy board. I made a study guide for my written canoeing test, I probably didn't need to, but I was bored and I like studying. I haven't had a reason to make a study guide since I took my final exams back in May. That feels like a lifetime ago. Counselor Hunt was tonight's evening program. This time, Callie and Jess wanted to hide, so Alexa and I walked around monitoring the borders and making sure campers weren't up to no good. She told me a story about how during her first counselor hunt, she hid in the boathouse and hooked up with a guy instead of hiding where the kids could actually find her. She looks back at it with fondness. I wish I could be as badass as her. Well, I'm calling it an early night. Tomorrow is the last nature overnight of the summer, so I'm preparing my body for sleeping on the ground one last time. August 7th, 2019. If my goal this summer was to live a story worth telling, today was probably the climax. Program time was normal. We did some writing in the morning. 
I took and passed my written canoeing test in the afternoon and helped some kids earn awards. After canoeing, I went back to Sycamore to grab the bag I'd already prepared for the nature overnight. I was really excited for this one because Jonas decided to work it with me. We took note of the small chance of rain in the forecast and decided to go out and do the overnight like usual. Some clouds rolled in as we built our survival huts, but they didn't look particularly threatening. I got my shelter built pretty quickly because I'm great at making shelters. Okay, I uh, got it built quickly because I used the same tree as the base as last time. And that sped up the process significantly. But also, I've gotten pretty great at making shelters. Because I was so speedy, I decided to start building the campfire. Pretty soon after I had the shape of the base laid out, a handful of campers joined me, gathering wood and helping me create a large log cabin-shaped fire. Jonas and a few others set up dinner, pulling burgers, hot dogs, and corn on the cob out from the back of the old camp truck. We all sat around the campfire and ate, telling stories and jokes. We made banana boats too, just like during the session one overnight. I got some marshmallow in my hair, which was uncomfortable, but manageable. Jonas pulled out his guitar and we all sang along to classic rock songs. It was still cloudy, but didn't look stormy. There was a soft breeze, which kept us all comfortably cool next to the flames of the fire. Once the sun set, we told some scary stories. It was fun being on an overnight without any young kids, just senior campers and staff. I was a little creeped out by a story about a spirit that haunts the next lake down. We went to bed around 10.30, and my thoughts kept floating back to Jonas who was alone in his own shelter. I fell asleep fantasizing about what kissing him would be like and what being with him would be like. The next thing I knew, raindrops were slamming on my face. I heard the sounds of people running around, poked my head out from under the roof of my shelter and was immediately drenched. It was pouring rain. The campers were grabbing their stuff and making a run for their dry cabins. The remaining staff were cleaning up and making sure nothing was left behind. Jonas started up the old truck and switched on the headlights, illuminating our campsite. We all did one final sweep of the area and everyone started back toward their cabins. And then the most magical moment happened straight out of a movie. Just as I reached the edge of the lit up clearing, Jonas ran up behind me and grabbed my hand. I turned around, met his eyes, and there in the pouring rain, silhouetted by the dim headlights of the camp truck, we shared the most breathtaking kiss I could have ever imagined. Time stood still and flew by simultaneously as we embraced in the downpour. Every wink, every smile, every moment led up to that kiss. And it was perfect. 
August 8th, 2019. When I woke up, my hair was still wet from last night, which was the only reason I knew I hadn't just dreamt it. I immediately brought Callie, Alexa, and Jess out on the sycamore porch, out of earshot of all the campers, to tell them what happened. That Jonas and I had finally kissed. That for better or for worse, we would never be just friends again. They were all proud of me, especially Alexa, who mimed placing a bad girl crown on my head. I caught Jonas's eye at flag raising, and just as he had so many times before, he shot me a knowing wink. This time, it lit my heart on fire in the best way possible. I couldn't get my mind off him all morning. Embarrassingly, Liam caught me doodling Jonas, surrounded by hearts on the bottom page of my notepad, which I tried to play off as Jonas Brothers fan art. I even ended up writing the lyrics of Sucker out to prove it. But I don't think he bought my lie. Oh well. At rest hour, I took a much-needed nap. I stayed out pretty late last night. I spent the afternoon on the skiing boat with Jonas. I didn't feel the need to ask him to define our new changed relationship, and he didn't ask me to either. Everything felt comfortable and normal, but also new and exciting. Of course, we behaved ourselves. We're both professional. That being said, at the end of the day when we were packing everything back into the ski hut, he closed the door and snuck a sweet little kiss. It was perfect. Tonight was the talent show, and since it's arts camp, it was even better than usual. Some Sycamore girls wrote a song and performed it on ukulele and guitar. It was about friendship, and it was really sweet. Jonas is their music teacher here at Harwood, so it was special knowing he helped them write it. I'm so happy. August 9th. 2019. We finished the script in junior writing this morning. At the end of the program period, we took it over to junior acting and read it aloud. They loved it and are so excited to perform it next week. I'm incredibly proud of our little writers for creating something. When Liam and I went to the lodge to make photocopies of the script for all the junior acting kids, He invited me to his house for our shared night off tonight. Callie was planning on going with him, and with a mischievous grin, he told me that Jonas was welcome to come too. Of course, Jonas said yes to my invitation when I asked him to join us. I sat at the buddy board all afternoon, feeling anxious excited about what tonight would be like now that Jonas and I are something more than friends. I don't know what came over me but I started feeling self-conscious about my one-piece swimsuit tan lines, so I pulled the straps of my swimsuit down in a feeble attempt to even things out. I think it actually helped a little bit. As we left Harwood for the night, it hit me that this was officially our last night off for the summer, the last night to be wild and make reckless decisions with the friends that have become family. 
It was a perfect night off group, too. Me, Jonas, Callie, Liam, Dave, and November. Almost all of my favorite people. Last time I was at Liam's house, I felt like a fifth wheel. This time, I had somebody to love. Before heading to Liam's, we went to town to shop for groceries. November suggested instead of the usual pizza or diner routine, we make dinner at Liam's house. We all agreed that sounded great and spent about an hour goofing off in the store as we shopped. Back at Liam's, I made the two foods I know how to make best, guacamole and baked brie. Did they go together? Absolutely not. Were they both delicious? Of course. We brought our feast out to Liam's speedboat, drove out to the middle of the lake, and ate as we watched the sunset. When we got back to land, everyone sort of naturally paired off. Callie, always the responsible one, went to the kitchen with Liam to help clean up the dishes. Dave and November went inside and lounged on a couch together. Jonas and I sat on the end of the dock, holding hands and lazily conversing and enjoying each other's company. We laid down and stargazed for a while. Jonas pointed out Jupiter and Saturn on the far horizon. Of course, he's an amateur astronomer. After a long period of comfortable silence, Jonas propped his head on his hand, leaned over, and kissed me. We made out, and more, on the end of the dock for what I assume was a long time. The water was still, the air was quiet, and there we were, just the two of us in our own world. We got up and went inside, laughing and holding hands and kissing. All the lights in the house were out, and we crept into one of the bedrooms together. Maybe someday I'll write more in detail about what happened next. He was slow and patient and loving. It was like a love song, and I wouldn't have wanted my first time to have gone any other way. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for the final chapter in Liz's adventure.